Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Bring your Bible. One person came with their Bible to church. Did you bring your Bible? That's a good thing. Luke 15 is where we're going to be today. That's our text for this morning, and we're finishing a series called Established Today. We've been doing wisdom. We've been going for wisdom in the month of June, and I've been um, issuing my own challenge to join me in my Bible reading every day. Um, I read, I start off my Bible reading by reading the book of Proverbs, whatever the day of the month it is, I correspond it with that date, uh, that particular chapter in the book of Proverbs. So we've been going through wisdom in, uh, in the book, uh, sorry, in the month of June, and, um, and I've been posting on my story every single day, the proverb from that date, and just talking about something that's unique about it, and then encouraging you to go read it as well, and so we'll be finishing up that this week. But I want to read Luke 15, because this is ultimately a story that we all know, and, uh, and it's a story that, that we've probably heard in many different ways, um, read many different times. Um, but I'm going to read the story of the prodigal son today, as told by Jesus. But here's my prayer, is that you would allow these 20 verses to change your life. I'm really praying that these 20 verses, as you read them, the same story you've read a hundred times. I know, I've read this story a thousand times. This is the power of the Word of God. It's living, it's active, it's breathing. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Can, can, can go through soul and spirit. And, and here's, the, here's the thing, when we read the Word of God, even if we've read it a hundred times, that time that you read it again, listen to me, it reads you. And it speaks to you. And so my prayer, and I pray this before I got up here today, that these 20 verses would change people's lives. Okay, so that's what we're going to believe. So we're going to start in verse 11, and this is Jesus talking about God. It says, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. We're going to come back to, to, to that, those, that right there. We're going to come back in a minute. But I'm going to go on. It says, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. I'm not sure if you saw that, but you ever wondered why there was a severe famine that happened after he'd spent everything? It's God. God wanted him back. Verse 15, so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And when he was longing to be fed with the pods, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise And go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. 
And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He, is, he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the oldest son was in the field. Remember he had two sons. The oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him, or or in other words, pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you, I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when, he's, but when this son of yours came, he has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So we're going to end the series with this message. This is the title today. Write it down. The Wisdom of God. So we're in a series of wisdom. We've been going through wisdom. We've been talking about wisdom. We started off by talking about how wisdom builds the house, Proverbs 24, verse 3. Then we talked about the seven blessings of wisdom, okay, that can, can be in our lives as we go for wisdom. Then we started to get specific. We talked about wisdom for money, which is a big part of our lives. Money is a big part of our lives, and God has wisdom for that. Then we talked about wisdom for your relationships, another big part of our lives, relationships, Money, two very big things. God has wisdom for both. And then last week, wasn't that a great message? Wisdom from dad. Hearing from some of the amazing dads as well. But today, I want to talk about the wisdom of God. You ever wondered, how wise is God? You ever thought that? You ever wondered, how far does God's own wisdom go? And what is God's wisdom? Well, how can we know? Well, there's many different ways we can know the wisdom of God. We can see His own wisdom a few different ways, but it's usually found in two ways, through His nature and through His ways, through who He is and what He does. If you want to know about God, you just need to first start with His nature, which is His character, to learn who He is, but then you can also look at what He does, His ways. And as we do that, we can see His Wisdom. I, I was looking in the scriptures this week and I found a few verses about God's own wisdom and I want to share them with you. The first one is Romans 11 verse 33. Look at this. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments, how inscrutable His ways. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 1. He said, Where, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. 
Look at this. It pleased God that through folly of what we preach to save those who believe. In other words, if you want to make a comparison, the wisest thing that's going on on earth today is folly compared to the wisdom of God. And that's how wise God is. He's on a different level. We know the scriptures. His ways are higher. His thoughts are not after. This is God, God's wisdom. This is God's wisdom. And he says, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, look at this, and the wisdom of God. Of God. So when we look at Jesus, we preach Jesus, and we talk about the gospel, and when you share your faith, can I just encourage you, you are tapping into the wisdom and the power of God. And that's what we're talking about today. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So what is God's wisdom? How can I witness his, how can I experience His wisdom in my life? Well, His wisdom is part of His nature. And His nature has been revealed as a father. So in Luke 15, Jesus begins this story. It's, it's a whole uh, section of the Scripture in the Gospels where Jesus is talking about st- stuff that's lost. Okay, Lost coins, lost stuff. But this bulky passage in here talks about lost sons. Now, obviously, you could look at this so many different ways, but I just want you to notice the way it begins. It says, and then it was a man who had two sons. In other words, God has revealed himself as a father. When Jesus begins this story, he's not talking about some random man. He's talking about God. He's talking about our God. He's talking about our father who is in heaven. He says, there was a man who had two sons, which means God is a dad. And he's revealed himself as a father. And that's why Jesus teaches this parable, because he's trying to tell the hearers, he's trying to teach us today, this is who God is. And then he shows us what God does, his nature and his ways. And his wisdom is expressed many different ways. But here's a few. I want to show you his nature and his ways expressed many different ways. This is the wisdom of God. He expresses it through his character. And I just talked about this. And my prayer today is if you're a brand new Christian, if you recently um, gave your life to the Lord, I'm so glad you're here today because you're going to get a shortcut on the nature and the ways of God through Luke 15 today. You're going to see God move. You're going to see who He is. And there's going to be a holy alignment. And if you've been here today and you've been saved all of your whole life, decades and decades, you're also going to see the wisdom of God as well in Luke 15. Because here's the truth today is we all need a holy realignment. This is why we preach the Word of God here at our church. It's why we, we, we have to get realigned to the way that God is through the Scriptures. I like to say it this way. If you ain't seeing right, you ain't seeing right. So put on your glasses. And what happens with the Word of God is it fixes the glitches. This is the wisdom of God. We see it through His character. Every single message in our church always starts and every single message always ends with the Scripture. And all in between, some of you like can't keep up with the references of all the, mess- all, the, all the scriptures in a message because the reality is this is what we got. 
And God has decided in his nature, it's his wisdom to reveal himself and his character is expressed through his word. So it's seen in his character, it's seen in his creation. When he creates, we see God's wisdom. You see it when you go outside and you look up in the sky, you go outside, you see the ocean, uh, you go outside and you see um, you know, animals and birds and stuff like that. You also see his wisdom expressed through what he's created. Think of the human body. Absolutely incredible the wisdom of God to come up with something that, so we see it in creation. Another way we see his wisdom is through his spirit, the way he works in the world, the way his wisdom, spirit of wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit works in the lives of people. We see it through his word, which we've been talking about. We've been studying wisdom, studying wisdom to see God better. Another way we see it is through the son. Jesus is the human expression of, of God's wisdom. Remember what was said about Jesus in Luke 2 when he was a young boy. It says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So, what is God's wisdom? Three main examples from Luke 15. The first is this His wisdom is to show mercy. Come on, write that down. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. And by the way, we have church notes in the storehouse. If you didn't know, now you know. You can go into the storehouse, there is a notebook you can buy, so you can take notes. <laughs> Just to explain that a little bit further. But how do we see God's wisdom? Well, we see it expressed this way. It's His wisdom to show mercy. And that's what Jesus is trying to say here. And He's showing us here in Luke 15 that God has a natural inclination to want to show mercy. And it's in his wisdom to be like that. And if you want to know God more, you've got to know this about God. Is He's a God that wants to show mercy to people. He wants to show mercy to those who, whilst they have the penalty, the coming, or the wrongdoing for the rebellion, for the fault, which is obviously here in this story, the son, man, just takes what the father had and was was planned out to be later in his life. And he says, I want it now. And he in rebellious nature takes off and leaves and squanders and mess up. And we see the extent of those decisions, how low and how bad it got. And it's almost like he's experiencing the penalty, but God brings him home. God gives him mercy. This is how God works. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, look at this, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God's wisdom is to be merciful to those who come looking for mercy. And whilst there was the penalty of death, and the result of the wages of sin, in God's wisdom, he decided there's another way. Come on, who's grateful today there was another way? Who's grateful today that, I think about it this way, but the plane that we were on before had a different destination until the cross, until the, the power of the resurrection, until the opportunity of faith. But this is, this is God, and I pray you'd get a revelation today of this, this is who God is, that you would understand that He's a God that wants to show mercy, that He naturally is inclined to be merciful. 
I love even the response of the father in the story. He says, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, this is the posture of our God. He's looking to extend mercy to those who come to him. He says, and he saw him. He felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him. And he kissed him. I, I think about that kiss. I don't think it was like a little peck. I think it was a slobbery kiss. Just wet and just dripping down the cheek. And should try that later. Not now. Not with the person sitting next to you. But later. Why did he run? Well, it says he felt compassion. He ran. He ran. You know, Jewish aged men, wealthy and with staff and servants and assets and a whole household, would never, in the cultural time of, that this was set in, would never be seen running ever. That would be an embarrassment. That would be wrong. That would be considered to be just not okay. And this recently been talked about in some, some commentaries and studies. The reason that he ran was twofold because he, the scripture says he felt compassion and he ran and he braced and kissed him. And there was, there was amazing heart being shown here. But the father also had an awareness of something else that was going on. At the time, the city leaders in a community like this would have been able to shut off the sun's returning. And so what we can understand through this is actually the reason that he ran was twofold. One, because he had love and compassion for his son and he wanted to get him back into his house. But he also wanted to get there first before the city leaders could remove his authority and shut him out forever. See, this is the wisdom of God. It's he's, he's constantly looking to, uh, to, to, to show Mercy, it says, while he was still a long way off. Look at, listen to the way the message translation says. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him, kissed him, and the son started his speech. And he said, my, no, 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 he said, he said quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. See, there was something going on here that was greater than even the son understood. That even the, 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 listen, that even you and I understand. But it's God's wisdom to show mercy because God sees a bigger picture than you and I can see. He wants us to be free of shame. He wants us to be free of guilt. He wants us to, listen to me, to be found not guilty forever. And He wants to reestablish us into the family of God. I want you to think about this. This is your life. That God knows there's a limitation here. That Jesus, the, the impetus in this story is it's expressed in this way because there's an impetus. There's, a, there's an urgency to your faith in Jesus Christ. Because there's a limit to all this. And God knows that he doesn't, want, he doesn't want you to be outside of his grace. He doesn't want you to be outside of his mercy. He doesn't want your life to... For, he wants you to make this decision in this life so that you will not permanently be outside of his grace forever. This is the wisdom of God. It's His wisdom to show us mercy. Because God knows what's going on. And there's a bigger picture than sometimes we even understand. And so He ran to get there first. 
so he could reestablish authority, so he could reestablish sonship. Come on, somebody. Do you see this for your own life today? That it's God's wisdom extended to us. Let me show you one more verse. Ephesians 2 and verse 4 says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. You want to know God's wisdom? His wisdom is to show mercy. Number two, his wisdom is to be gracious. To be gracious. See, there's a difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is saying you don't have to uh, receive the penalty for, you, for, for what you've done. You've been let off. So you don't have to go through that, but grace is giving you something that you never deserved anyway. That's the difference. See, grace is so amazing because none of us ever deserved it. But through Jesus Christ, we get it. I feel like that was great preaching and no one was even paying attention. But we see that here. That this is God, this is the Father is extending grace to the Son. It says, but the Father said to the servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. In other words, give him something he does not deserve. That's grace. Sonship, being in the family of God, no one deserves it. But through Jesus, everyone can have it. And this is the wisdom of God. See, the foolish, they don't understand any of this. Because they haven't seen grace. It's like, it's like trying to get the world to understand why they should see God a certain way and why they should be in faith and all this sort of stuff. Can I just encourage you, the best thing you can do for someone who's lost is get them to see grace. Because it'll change everything. Grace is what we don't deserve. And when we realize we don't deserve it and we realize we have it, that's when things change. You know, I want to be a grace preacher. I want to be a grace preacher because I believe I'm a grace man. Why? Because when you get a revelation of grace, you understand God's wisdom more and you see the world a little bit more through His eyes. There's just something about the eyes of grace, friends. See, grace is so powerful, it can restore someone. And God's wisdom is He is looking for those whose hearts are willing. Grace can set someone free. See, grace can be something that brings the lost home. Grace can open up someone to a life of purpose. Grace is imperative to live the Christian life. It's my prayer that Colonial Church would always be a grace church and that we would never venture into being a legal church full of laws, full of rules, full of, hey, if you don't do this, you're not going to get that. Can I just encourage you? We are a church of grace because we have experienced grace. And if, and if you need to take a little bit of time to remind yourself of the grace that you've been given, I want to encourage you, take that time because it'll get you back-centered in the will of God where you're supposed to be, which is in His grace. It's His wisdom to be gracious. And it's my prayer that we would never forget grace and that our, 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 our rows, I almost said pews, <laughs> our, our pews would be filled with people that are in church knowing, man, I don't deserve to be here. We're a grace church because we're people who have been restored by the Father. You know when you've lost your sight of, of grace is when you get mad about someone else being restored. 
Or you start to look at someone else, and this is the older son. One had self-pity, which was wrong. One which was self-righteous, which is also wrong. And he started, he started to see what was happening. He was just like, well, hang on a minute. What about all the connect groups I've attended? What about all the times that I've tithed? What about all the times that I've been here? What about all the times that I've done stuff? I've been out there in the parking lot sweating it out. You know what the father says? All that I have is yours. All the grace has always been yours. You just took your eyes off it. And I pray that we as a church, you know, we're never going to be perfect, but I pray if we can keep our eyes on grace, come on somebody, because grace is irresistible in nature because God is so good. That's why he is so good. He's so good because he's full of grace. This is our God. He's rich in mercy, but he's also full of grace. John 1 verse 14, John, who had an up close and personal experience with Jesus, said it this way. He says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory is the only son of the father. Look at this, full of grace and truth. My prayer today is you just get full of grace. You get so full of grace, you're just talking about grace all everywhere you go. Grace, grace, grace. Can this guy shut up about grace? That's my prayer, that you would be like that because every, this is the thing about grace is it's magnetic. Because it's not about what you did. It's not about the life you've lived. Come and meet God with me. Come and experience the Father. Come and see what He is like. And let Him restore you like He's restored me. His wisdom is to be gracious. I thought about this in the early years of my faith. You know, before Jesus and I had walked in some valleys together. You know, I was a new Christian. I was working it out. I was figuring out what the Christian life looked like. I needed discipleship and still need discipleship today. But it was before, that we, before we'd walked through some valleys together. And, you know, there were times, you know, as a young man thinking about what was going on in the world where I'd question some things like, why do I do this? Why am I here all the time? Why am I in church all the time? Why do I always go to this? Why am I always at young adults? Why do I do... And I had a couple of moments. But what always stopped me from turning my back was grace. Because I'd had a revelation of grace. Listen to me, friend. Once you have a revelation of grace, you'll never turn away from the house. You'll never turn away from the family of God because you've had a revelation of grace. You've seen adoption. You've seen sonship. You've, you've felt the robe on your back. You've felt the ring go on your finger. Come on, somebody. you felt the shoes. You know what it's like. You begin to walk in and you realize this is grace. And for those years, even when I could have turned away, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going with God because there's nothing better than this. Nothing better than what the world has got to offer. If you want to see God's wisdom, you can see that He's gracious. Number two, He's uh, merciful. Number three, His wisdom is to give sacrificially. This is a feature of the story. What Jesus is talking about here, He's talking about a father. He's talking about God who gives sacrificially. It says in verse 23, it says, And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. But this wasn't the first time the father gave. Do you remember the start of the story? Divided up his possession, 
the work it would have taken, the, the pain maybe that he would have experienced. The, yes, it was coming to the son anyway, but it was given to him early. And so he'd already given sacrificially. But then he gives again. And this is the nature of God. He gives and then he just keeps on giving. That old saying, you'll never be more like God than when you give. I think it's better said, you'll never be more like God when you give sacrificially. Because when it costs you something, it's different. When, when, when you give away something that, that, that you know you are going to miss, when you give something that you treasure highly, See, this is the wisdom. If you want to get on God's level, can I just encourage you, give sacrificially because this is the nature of God. This is who He is, to give and to sacrifice. And then we respond. See, what would happen in the Old Testament is when sacrifice would happen, there would always be a response from heaven. Every time the fire would come down, you can go and read it. Every time that the, the sacrifice would take place, think of all the times you know about in the Bible where there was sacrifice, there would always be a response to the sacrifice. And this is the point of God's giving sacrificially. It's so there can be relationship. And I just think there's someone in here today and you just, you haven't seen grace like this before because you haven't encountered grace like this before. But how do you encounter grace like this before? It's through the word, but it's through worship. And when we worship sacrificially, when we say, God, I just give you my life, I lay it all down for you. What happens in that moment is there is a sacrificial exchange and there is a moment where you get closer to God than you've ever been before. And it's in those moments that you get a revelation that you didn't have before and you leave church different. And can I just encourage you in our church, we don't sing songs. We've never done that in the history of our church. We've never sung songs. We worship sacrificially. And I want to worship so it costs me something. I want to worship in a way that, I, man, I don't, if I don't feel like raising my hands today, then my moment of sacrifice in that moment is to shoot my hands up in the air. And say, God, I don't feel like this right now, but I have had a revelation of grace and I want to be closer to you in this moment. I'm going to sacrifice right now. And for some of you in here today, it's just simply uttering a few words just in a song and then something connects in your heart and in that moment of sacrifice I believe you get closer to God and you experience His wisdom which is to give sacrificially to show mercy and to be gracious would you stand with me? I just feel like now this is our time to respond to His grace and here's what I'd love for you to do I'd just love for you to think about God's grace in your life Because, you know, it looks different for everyone. You might be in here today and it's just like, you know, I've been in church my whole life. And when I see someone experience the grace and get restored, that something does bite on the inside of me and I need to deal with that. I, 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 want, I want to encourage you to respond to His grace today. To, to recognize that and say, God, I've got it wrong doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what anyone's done. Everything's about what you've done in my life. And I want to encourage you to respond. And maybe you're here today and you're like me, man, I had 19 years. 19 years where I didn't, I was walking around in the dark, wondering what life was about, searching, trying to find answers in all the wrong places. And then 
I found grace. Or if I could say it a better way, grace found me. And so I just feel like this is a time for responding. Responding to the grace of God. And so for you, that might be just singing. For you, it might be lifting up your hands. For you, it might be getting down on your knees. For you, it might just be praying to the Lord and just thanking Him for His grace. But I don't know what it is. But I just know this could be a time where we could just respond to the grace of God. Thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for the undeserving gift that He's bestowed upon us. And we've got the robe and we've got the ring and we've got the shoes and we've got the place. And maybe this is a time to celebrate and thank God for everything He's done and praise Him together. So God, I just thank You. If you're comfortable, why don't you just lift up your hands to the Lord right now. Respond to His grace. Father, I just thank You that You're a God of grace. That it's Your nature and it's Your it's your posture towards your people, Lord, that you want to be gracious and that you extend grace to your people. So God, I just pray right now that you would allow us to come into your presence, that this could be a moment of celebration, a moment of thankfulness, a moment of gratefulness for your grace today, Lord. We respond right now to your goodness. We respond right now to your forgiveness. We respond right now to your grace in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.